0: And welcome to episode forty-three. We're getting almost as old as me.
1: Seriously, (laughs) almost as old because
0: I am—I am (laughs) forty-four. I had to think. I had to to think. I'm telling you, Tess. After thirty, you forget how old you are. It it is—it is a phenomenon. Anyway, it's episode forty-three of Jen and Millie, (laughs) where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess.
1: Hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Okay, so I love this. We had so many great reactions from the last episode on traveling and your strengths. I love that you're saying reactions. Reactions. Because yes.
0: there was so much in, so much. in nonverbals from oh, people.
1: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Okay, so I, I have this hypothesis that I'm working out because I've been thinking about this a lot. And I went on my surprise destination vacation this weekend, mm-hmm. which you were just... I think a little bit horrified by. I wasn't Um, horrified, just horrified at the
0: thought that someone would go somewhere that they couldn't plan.
1: (laughs) They couldn't plan. Okay, so I think what I've realized is like every person I've talked to about this and I know their strengths, how they travel and how they like to travel has almost been opposite from their strengths. Agree. And it's been very like... I guess I've been so surprised by when when I've asked people how they like to travel and what their strengths are. And I think I've realized that, I think I've been so surprised because we think of travel as such a fun, stress-free experience, right? Like ideologically, right? Traveling is a getaway, it's a vacation, it's a break from everyday life. But in reality, traveling is hard. Um, It costs um, a lot. It is stressful, you know, perfect background noise here. Travel. Um, You know, travel. Um, It's It's honestly, actually, I think more of a stress and more of a point of pain for people, the process of it, right, to get to the point of travel. And so I think people, when they describe traveling and their own experiences, are describing almost what I think is more of a basement of strengths, right? Rather than, that's the actual experience, rather than when we think about the idea of travel, we like to think about strengths in the balcony, but the reality of traveling is they often just look into the basement. And so an example, we talked a little bit about our own styles of travel, but I wanted to shout out to Darren, um, who is an awesome strengths champion in Sydney, Iowa, um, our Sydney, Iowa chapter on the board. And she sent us an email and described how um, she has um, a high discipline, high learner, high input, uh, intellection, um, described how... She was very intrigued by the idea of this surprise destination vacation Mm -hmm. where this company plans it for you because, you know, you'd look at her strengths. And I replied this in the email back to her. I look at her strengths and I say, she must love the planning of traveling. All that research, all that information collection, the learner, the input, the The collection, the packing, the discipline, Mm -hmm. like all of her strengths on paper look like they would love the process of planning and arranging a vacation. But she said it is stressful and overwhelming for her. And I think that was like a light bulb going on. So she she was someone that, based on her strengths, I would have never thought she would have loved the idea of a surprise vacation. But when she heard about it, she went home and talked to her husband about it. And they're heavily thinking about doing it, like very seriously. And so I think it's, it's very interesting because – It just seems so contrary to where strengths naturally fall, right? But I think it's because, my hypothesis is because traveling, the planning and the process of putting together a vacation takes a lot of work. And for a lot of people, it results in stress, right? Trying to please everybody that comes on your trip, trying to make sure you pack everything you want to do when you go to a place. And so I think actually strengths fall. maybe more into the basement in the planning of the trip and maybe even the experience of the trip because oftentimes it doesn't meet our expectations of the planning period. So I don't know. That's just my musings. Okay, so
0: I have some thoughts. I just listened to your podcast with Hannah. Mm. And one of the things I loved in that Beyond the Impact podcast is you talked about labels Mm
1: -hmm. and how
0: quickly we can do that. Yep. So what I noticed is that I, I was encouraging you to share about your trip with people who I I thought would react in a way very similarly to my yeah. <gasps> what are <Yep>. you doing? <laughs> and their initial nonverbals, yes. And kind
1: of maybe ooh like trying to wrap my head around what that would
0: what but, that would look like. But what they what mm-hmm. I saw happening is people then went into a think about it. So Mm -hmm. I realized that I was maybe labeling people based on their strengths. Sure.
1: Yep. Me too. But
0: what they were doing is they were doing a think about it. And the think about it sometimes involved friends, family. And that person said, Mm -hmm. oh, that might be fun. Or wouldn't that be interesting? So when I shared it with my husband, who has high maximizer, high deliberative, I thought, no way. He wouldn't have anything to do with this. He goes, that sounds great. That would be great. So two things came to (laughs) mind for me. I was getting caught in my own labels or assumptions about strengths mm-hmm. and, and I heard you very clearly in your podcast talk about how we can so easily do that mm-hmm. and how important it is with strengths that we don't make assumptions because of blends. Yep. The other thing that came to mind for me is generationally, mm-hmm. do we have different approaches to taking time off work?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So
0: here we are in vacation season. Yeah. And I'm down to here it is. It's June and my vacation's running out. And guess what? I have a bunch of days and I just I don't do vacation well because I don't leave work Work. well. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing with my husband, who's same generational piece. I wondered if there's some generational ties to that. Mm. And then I also think that we really push people to us. To get out of their zone. Yep. So if people are listeners to us and they hear us talking about stretching ourselves, trying new things, getting mm-hmm. out of our comfort zone, when you step back and you do some think around on something like this that you did, yeah, it's people, I think, digging deep and saying, I don't have to be in my typical mode. I can maybe stretch a little further into a strength that's in my bottom, in my lesser talent themes, and I could maybe do something that might feel like more of a surprise.
1: Cool. Yep. And I think I realized, and this was a circle back to one of our much earlier podcasts, I loved the surprise. And I'm generally not a big surprise person. And so this was a big learning for me. And I think, although I was excited about it, and I wouldn't say it was a huge stretch out of my comfort zone to do something like this. Like, there really wasn't any worry that I had about it. Um, also, my I think it's my context learner that found about it through the New York Times. So I was like, that's reputable. It's a reputable company, right? right. Um, and which would be
0: different if it was...
1: Hey, Tess, I saw on the internet about this company. Go ahead. Go ahead and do it, right? So one of my friends, when I came back, he said, um, you know, oh, so you went to Savannah. That's really cool. I was very, very skeptical about this. And that was was exactly what he said. He said, but when I found out where you went and I got to see what you did, I am not as skeptical.
0: (laughs) Well, we all need... Mm -hmm. um, Okay, so I'm going to go back to your podcast again. You and Aunt Hannah got to really work on that we have now have anna and hannah on staff you and hannah were discussing amazon oh and your favorite button on amazon which i think is completely fascinating and also (laughs) sociology i loved your podcast a lot um, because i was thinking about yesterday i sat in on a great training and i was thinking why do i love this so much it's because i love witnessing people interacting with one another Mm-hmm. I love the interaction of groups and yep. how people act in groups and how people feel honored in a group or a sense of belonging. And you talked about that on the podcast about sociology and, and cultural anthropology, yep. but I loved the Amazon button. So you have to have some context to say, what would be yep. comparable product yep. where Hannah said by one
1: click now, that's her favorite button. <laughs>
0: So I would love to hear from our listeners what their favorite Amazon, Amazon button is. Amazon but I was thinking about this in regards to your trip. Mm-hmm. You would not probably have been as excited had it not, had it not been a reputable company. Yep. But also, this mm-hmm. totally fed your learner in the sense of trying to figure it out.
1: Oh my gosh! You were yes. lit up
0: last oh, week. Yeah. Just what do you think? What <laughs> do you Where think? Where do you
1: think we're going? This is what I put. And yeah. Savannah
0: was a total surprise too.
1: Total surprise, which honored my strategic so yes. so much. Cause strategic can guess the ending anything. And so I was like we did a reveal video. We like put up a tripod in the airport and videoed ourselves opening the package yes. or the opening the envelope. And I'm literally sitting there with my hand clasped over my mouth, completely quiet because I'm in utter shock. I cannot tell you I cannot count on my fingers the amount of times I've totally been shocked by something. And
0: you, that had to be a really good feeling because it's a surprise. So remember we talked a little bit last time about anticipation. Oh,
1: yes. Yep. So I think I don't. So so I think what I realize is I don't like surprises when they come out of the blue. When I know there's something coming, there's that anticipation, right? And it was the surprise of where we were going. So you were like, I love surprises, and I'm I like, I do. I generally don't because I need time to orient to whatever it is. So a surprise out of the blue. We talked about this on a. I think it was even when we were still on video, right? We talked about surprises, right. and surprises are really hard for me in general um, when it's totally out of the blue. But I. This was the best kind of surprise ever, because I knew it was coming, but I didn't know the full kind of essence of it.
0: And so I think, um, particularly around strategic, and I loved that you talked about strategic um, mm-hmm. on the podcast, because it, it's one of those themes that there are a bunch of us that have it, yep. but it looks different on each one of us. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think my strategic and woo love surprises, mm-hmm. because I love to be caught off guard by fun party people, mm-hmm. or surprise parties are my favorite thing on earth, to either be in one or to host one. Yeah. There's nothing better than a great party. Yep. A surprise party, next level. Oh. My kid's dad, he, I gave, I had so many surprise parties. Oh, no. And it didn't no, honor no. him at all. No, it, it honored, honored you. <laughs> I was like, you guys, we're going to surprise Mike for his 27th birthday. And they for were, 27 and
1: a half. Like.
0: And then they thought, oh, okay, all right, she's having another surprise party. And. I just loved it because I loved bringing people together, and, I lo- and that yep. honored my Woo Strategic Blend. Mm-hmm. Your strategic adaptability in mm-hmm. that surprise, it was the anticipation and the lead-up. Yep. Plus, it was the trust that your context could say, yeah. I've read about this, I've done comparison, yep. I know this is reputable. Yep.
1: OK, and then I have to tell you this. So this is such a good, I was strength spotting myself. So when we found out and we did this reveal, we were so excited. We like paused, we breathed, we are going to Savannah, Georgia. Yay, awesome, fun, nowhere on any of our radar. Um, and then so we get in the line, we get through security, and we're sitting there, and we have about 45 minutes or so till the plane leaves. And I say, OK, I'm going to go and learn everything I can about Savannah, Georgia, <laughs> right? So I pull up my Google, and then I pause and I say, wait, I wonder if they gave us. They gave us a fact sheet I'm sure history and information about the city I was like this is the best I was thinking people with high input right? inputs in my top 10 and then with my learner but like all the information that they gave they gave almost a Yelp review so there's a whole page of a local person and their perfect day in Savannah someone from Savannah local contributor that's walked you through it each day kind of this itinerary it was so so cool and I just just like so I I kept the fact sheet because everyone was like "Ah, I don't want any of it so I'm like I'm fully the stack sheet and putting it in my journal because it's so much fun but so were you able to strength spot your two friends who joined you? Oh absolutely oh my goodness so it's so funny so my friends and I are like most of my friends in my community is big into the Enneagram. I'm kind of like the One Strengths Champion. So we did a lot of like framework around that in terms of understanding what was happening, Um, but it's definitely very similar to kind of their strengths personalities as well. So both of them have a lot of relationship building strengths high. They're both counselors or have counseling degrees. Um, And so there was, on our way there, we ended up getting stranded in Atlanta for a little while. So it was a bit of a bummer. We lost some time um, and both of them were very frustrated. There was a point where I was very frustrated Too, but my adaptability pulled into action. So we talked about how the three of us are really good travelers together because my friend Cammie is a really good planner. She likes to think things through beforehand. She likes to research, which I definitely do too. Um, but she definitely is all about, like, she's a really good leader at the forefront of the trip, right? Giving us suggestions about are you bringing this or let's divide up who's bringing what so we don't all bring a straightener, you know, things like that. So she's really good. I think she's just high ranger. Yeah. Um, and, and then um, my friend Alex is very, like, along for the ride loves the excitement like yes let's do it um and then um I am very much I can take charge in the moment right so when we found out we were getting stranded it kept getting delayed because there was a big storm system that came through Atlanta and so we kept getting delayed and so I reached out to pack up and go and I said you know I they had a they said it's best to text us so I was texting the lady that was on on for the weekend her name is Rachel and I said you know hey we've been delayed a couple times is there any way we just um are sad about losing some time in there and so so, you know I texted her and she texted me back and she said I'm already on it I'm on the phone with Delta I'm on call with Delta right now um, to see if we can get you going and so like incredible, right? They were so honoring. Yeah. So awesome. But she was so great to like text us, update us, give us tips. She said, hey, you know, I'm on the phone with them, but it sometimes helps if you go to a counter, would you mind going to a counter? And so, you know, I went up there and we kind of divided. One went to the help desk, one went to a local counter of our of our three pairs. And so it was just interesting to see us, you know, in the moment. Right. Um, uh, Alex is definitely, she pulls her relationship building to help create and bring the harmony between all three of us because we're all kind of strong personalities. Um, she is so so good like that so patient with all of us I'm like let's do something let's go Mm -hmm. and I was excited to get there too but I can definitely easily my adaptability and then I have higher self-assurance that can just kind of take charge um, in that moment uh, and then my friend Cammie, um, definitely uh, just her planning and prep ahead of time. Um, but then I don't think she has high adaptability, so it was a little bit like she was definitely a lot of a leader in the preparation. And then when it came down to punch time and the stress time, right. definitely my some right. of my strengths pulled up. That's a great team. So it's such a great team. We talked about how we're such a good triad in terms of traveling together right. um, because we have... A lot of the essential, you know, we're going to get there. We're going to get fun things planned and done. Um, and then we're going to be able to, to relate well in the midst of it.
0: So Sherry and Katie, I know you guys listen. Um, I'm thinking about Florida. And I'm thinking, how did we, where did we go wrong? Um, but I'm just thinking about my friends and who I travel well with. Mm-hmm. I travel really well. There are three. There are two sets of three. I travel really well, Sherry, Katie, me. Mm -hmm. I travel really well, Aaron Kim me. Mm -hmm. And we're getting ready for Grand Lake, and we always try to have a little bit of adventure. And Kim said, hey, we are not rafting the Colorado River this year. It is way too high. It is out of control. And I said, adventure, question mark. Because when we did uh, do whitewater rafting, the river was so low that I literally could have, you know, like created artwork. (laughs) The slowness of our raft. And so we were trying to create pictures to make it look like it was really intense. And so I was like, you know, as we're going along. I mean, it was more adventurous to take the van ride to get to the rafting than the rafting was. So we always try to plan an adventure. And Erin is really good at thinking outside the box about those things. Mm -hmm. Kim has high discipline. And she's really good about thinking, okay, we're at this condo. We're going to do this for meals. She's really, really good about that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking we are a great
1: great trio. triad yeah. yeah
0: to be able to to travel together same thing with sherry and katie um so heads up girls i'm gonna we're gonna be talking about this the other thing i want to ask you tess the lady on the phone so yeah. she, probably someone's on call for pack up and go yep would you love that job
1: oh i think i would I think I would really you would. rather
0: be in the role of planning someone's trip or going on the trip
1: Oh, going on the trip! See,
0: I would love to plan someone's trip for them. Going on the trip and yes. present it to them, and hope that they have an absolutely oh, great time.
1: If you ask me between planning a trip and going on a trip, I'm always going to pick going on a trip.
0: See, but I would I would choose planning a trip for someone and being able to gift that surprise that. to them. Okay,
1: so if you want to do that, feel free.
0: For you? Yeah. No. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> That's a hard pass.
1: What? Because oh you
0: wouldn't you wouldn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and you would tell me we're that we are that respectful of one another as colleagues. You would tell me, oh yeah, wow, I hate everything about this, and then I would be crushed. I
1: know, I honestly doubt it because you know me.
0: Well, I, I was like so excited would, about Savannah.
1: You would totally off
0: my radar, but I yeah. thought of all the places in the in the United States that Tess should be
1: it was like the and it, it was so be perfect I kept thinking okay somebody that plans to have high individualization because they you could tell they read and they got to know us and I wouldn't be surprised if they like because they we connected on social media beforehand because they, they'll tag us in any photos that they post of our trip like we send them photos right. throughout the trip and so I wouldn't be surprised if they like looked back right. through our social media profiles too because it was like we asked for a warm beach but we also talked about how we love culture history we love kind of um like eclectic off the beaten path stuff i'm gluten free so i need accommodating restaurants and so and all of those things were met it was like the perfect location for three very different people who really like to travel together
0: so do you think they do it by the way that we do it organically like i know when i was making matches as a program coordinator i would take index cards and i would write all of these characteristics of the mentor and all these characteristics of the mentee and then i'd set out all my index cards and think about okay how does this work? Do you think they do it that level organic, or do you think that there's an algorithm they use like eHarmony?
1: Oh, I think it's – I am mean, it's like a smaller up-and-coming company, so I bet they're doing it organically. They're getting to know the people. I love that. They're getting to know the responses. There's a huge – there's like, not a huge – it's like a mm, – five to seven minute survey that you fill out when you sign up, like your contact information, obviously, payment stuff like that. But it's a lot like, what do you like to do in a vacation? What is your purpose for traveling? Like, do you like to travel for relaxation, for culture, for adventure? And all three of us chose a different option, right? So we checked right. all three of them. Um, and, and So do you think you know. they have a debrief after your trip? They sent us a survey already.
0: But, I mean, do you think as a okay. team, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be so much fun? Yeah, because I mean, so this is a sociologist in both oh, of yeah. us. Mm-hmm. What were we accurate on our hypotheses? Yep. Did they love the trip? What did they love about the trip? And then that, of course, is a learning tool yeah. for the next time
1: oh, for sure. that you
0: see some of these characteristics or some of these responses. Yeah.
1: And so it was cool, the survey, they asked, you know, about accommodations, about the activities, about what was recommended. But then they also said, is there anything you experienced on your trip that you would want to recommend for future travelers to this city? Like, what did you do or find or experience that wasn't on our recommendations that we should add to a recommendation list? So there was one restaurant that we just kind of stumbled across. Um, on an island off the coast. We went to an island on one of the days um, to just hang out at the beach. And so I suggested that because the it wasn't on the list, but it was this really cool kind of ma and pa local um, diner that mm-hmm. we had breakfast at. So um, yeah, just like, I don't know, super cool.
0: So I love that because that means they're taking their surveys seriously. Yeah, That's, of course, both of us, yep. um, survey research background. That's really important to mm-hmm. me. If I... Do you always answer surveys?
1: Most of the time, yes.
0: So do I, unless I think it doesn't matter. Hmm. And if I feel even the slightest inkling that Hmm. my survey responses don't matter, I'm not doing it.
1: Hmm. That's funny. I usually respond to most of them because I, I recognize as a researcher there was some intention, Right. right? And even if my individual response might not make a huge amount of difference, which I know usually it does, um, but I still will answer it. I'm actually a part of, um, uh, I'm like a Southwest member, like Southwest Airlines and stuff. And they actually will give you points for your Southwest account. Like they invite a certain number of people to Mm -hmm. be a part of a survey cohort. So these people pay Southwest to get respondents for market research and things like that. And so I do that all the time. And I I totally, and I believe,
0: so Southwest would be a great example after seeing them at Summit. I totally believe that they look at their survey responses.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I just recently received a survey,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I've received the survey invite now four more times because apparently there's a tracking as to whether or not I've answered it, and I'm not really excited about it because I, like I just kind of don't feel like my survey responses really matter. Um, so I am curious about that always with people with surveys. Yeah. Most people in my life, I would say, n- rarely answer a survey. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. I love market research stuff. If somebody calls me and says, hey, I'd like to ask a couple questions. Yep. Heck yeah. I've got time.
1: Are you from Gallup? No. <laughs> I mean, I just love no.
0: it. I love no. that my opinion matters yeah. until okay. I have any reason to believe that it so doesn't, I mean, and you're just doing the survey to say you're doing the survey, yeah. and then
1: I'm kind of checked I out. Always, I take it, too, to learn, to see what kind of scales do people use, what kind of, you yeah. know, are they doing a the leading question. So it's also a little bit of, like, me filling out a survey. It's also me collecting almost intel on how how someone else is doing it so
0: (laughs) survey research intel oh man
1: okay so lots of oh my gosh it's such a long recap of our last i love it though it was good all these musings about traveling though i think there's so much that i've been thinking through in terms of strengths and traveling Um, and multiple recent articles and podcasts from local people about traveling i think it's just travel season probably but i didn't even i usually don't travel during the season so because it's so busy here but um, one of the other things we wanted to do, we promised you a recap of Gallup Strengths Summit. Woohoo. Yes. So we're excited to talk to you a little bit about our takeaways from the summit,, um, maybe some things that we're planning on applying to our own learning or life or organization um, from this. So so uh, I
0: doing? took lots of notes, of course, but I didn't mention people's I didn't write down people's names. Mm-hmm. Darn it. Okay. Except for our friend um, Margie from Bemidji. Um, (laughs) So I can't remember who said this, but inclusion must be cultivated. And research proves that diverse teams are smarter. Yeah. Loved that. Um, And then someone used the term on accident. It was one of the main presenters. Oh, yeah. Clapped her. And she used it on accident because sometimes, and I do this a lot too, when I'm presenting, I get nervous and I combine words. Happens a lot actually. Yeah. She said clapter, and what she meant was clapping and laughter as audience participation. Yep. That is now a new word for me. Yes. Clapter.
1: clapter.
0: Because when I laugh yeah. hard, I clap.
1: Sure.
0: An authentic laugh for me includes clapping. Yeah. So if you have earned clapter, you are funny. funny. Um also we can't train you to like people. <laughs> down and then
1: I I looked at you oh my gosh so this is Southwest Airlines lady that's who it was so yes okay so this is an interesting thing because a lot of my takeaway from the learning was about domains because I went to a couple sessions on the new 34 report and um I I I'm kind of split between strategic thinking and relationship building as my dominant but strategic thinking is a lot higher and then relationship building is secondary and I think Okay, let's pause
0: a second. Explain that to people who don't know what that means. Okay,
1: okay. Um, So each of the 34 themes are sorted into kind of four larger domains, which is essentially their default mode, right? Each strength has kind of a default. Does it? um, Each strength either helps you get things done. It's in the executing domain. It helps you influence um, other people. So in the influencing domain, it helps you build relationships or think critically in the strategic thinking domain. So there are those four larger domains that overlay the 34 themes. So each one fits into one of those categories, yet it's not exclusively in that category. It's the, it's the default mode of that theme, yet it also functions in all of them. So my, when you break out even my top 10, I'm only still in relationship building and strategic thinking. So in my top 10, I have six uh, strategic thinking and four relationship building strengths. Um, and so oftentimes you can look at my strengths and say, oh, you're good at, you know, you really like people. Um, I do generally, but they're tempered a lot by my strategic thinking themes. Yes. Which think very critically about the world. So I describe kind of on our on our DDM team um, that I'm on here at Teammates. It's data development and marketing. It's the team that I sit on um, on kind of the administrative side of the organization. And we have a couple team members who have high woo and positivity. And it's awesome. They are all like, oh, that would be so cool. What if we did this? What if we did this? And me, the realist, is like, that's not going to work. <laughs> and and it's a really good balance, right? right? So in my podcast with Hannah, we talked about the yes. balance between her and my strength. She's yes. one of those people on the team um, that um, has high positivity, high woo. So she's always coming up with these awesome new ideas and gets really excited about them. And then I kind of temper them for her. But the same on the flip side, she helps draw me out of a tendency to be a little pessimistic right about life and about people and about you know those types of things right which is why I love strengths so much because it helps bring me out of that too right that everybody has strengths even though they frustrate me sometimes so when I get into my basement it means I'm being pulled mostly into the basement of strategic thinking which tends to come out as I hate people Right, I don't like people. They're frustrating. They are poor drivers. Right, like <laughs> all these things, and so that just tends to be a basement of my strengths. as I isolate. I think the world is out to get me. That's just kind of where they fall. And so I know I'm in a bad state when everybody annoys me. Right, I know I'm in my basements. And so one of the one of the presenters um, talked about how you can't really teach people to like people. Mm-hmm. And I've been in a state of basements of strengths recently. So Allie looked at me and I'm like, "Yep, I have to consciously." And intentionally look for the good in people it's not a default mode for me
0: okay so pause yep that's the case for me too and yet the two of us Mm -hmm. are strengths champions for our organization this is what we teach But the really important thing that I think every single person who is listening to this or who hears our voices Mm -hmm. at any time we're presenting, it is a practice.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. It is a practice.
0: So, yes, it's wonderful for me to look around and say, oh, my goodness, these are the five strengths that you lead with. That's awesome. And here are my five that I lead with. That's awesome. But to practice it, Mm -hmm. to really say I want to be intentional about complementary partnerships, it brings so much respect for yeah. one another. And that's what I heard very distinctly on your podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: and Hannah have very different strengths. Mm-hmm. Yet what I'm seeing is this evolution yeah. of honoring one another. Truly what we talk about in training. Yeah. Because Hannah isn't going to think the way that you do. No. And you're not going to think the way that Hannah does. No. Now when we present on that 101 level strengths, we yeah. say, isn't that glorious? Yeah. You know, it's amazing that not anyone else thinks like you. But the real practice of it...
1: (laughs) Flip side of that.
0: No one thinks the way you do. The real practice of that, which I've been so lucky, I'm using that in quotation marks, um, air quotes, that my kids have taught me that most. Mm -hmm. That we say in Strengths 101, yay, no one thinks like you. And then it's like, ugh, no one thinks thinks like you." you. So I think that is important for us to be vulnerable be open be honest mm-hmm. be real to say this is a practice yeah. so we've been intentional about practicing it mm-hmm. that's that's where our strengths advocacy comes from yeah it's the it's an ongoing practice it's never a one and done yep. it's never a one jen and millie episode yep. and done i mean Absolutely. i think about these things that we talk about here yeah Hours later, days later, later, weeks oh, later, absolutely. years later, mm-hmm. so I think that's important. Yeah. Um, and I know in the conversation I had with Gerline after she um, listened in to the podcast, she said, "You know, stop every once in a while and explain this a little bit." That's good. Because that's our good. listeners, we come from hope, all different. I hope yeah. we have new.
1: Mm, we have we new know. people
0: listening in. Um, mm-hmm. And then I love that you took your learning mm-hmm. and you're like zeroed in. Yep. You are just going to take it. Your learner's like, mm, I'm zeroed in. My input is like, I have 45 things bullet pointed that I just want to be able to share them. Yep. I don't Absolutely. really have a whole lot of intention around them. And that's what makes okay. you and I a very complimentary partnership. Yeah. I love the idea generating
1: mm-hmm. and the
0: gathering. But then I'm kind
1: of like, let's just gather some more. Let's just keep musing over this. Let's keep yep, adding to the yep. drop box.
0: Okay. That's different One than thing, the way you think.
1: Oh, very much so. Yep. So, I, I, um, and I still have yet to do this because I ended the summit. I had like 48 hours and then I got on a plane that I didn't right. know where I was going at first and I ended up in Savannah and I just got back a couple of days ago. So, um, I, I will soon read through my notes from the summit and I usually try and find from any conference, um, three practical things I want to do with my learning, right? Because for me, uh, and I don't know. I think it's it's partially the learner, partially the input, um, but also I think some of the. Um, adaptability, maybe, and strategic that says yeah. learning is not just for the purpose of gathering information and for becoming a master, right, with that information, which is, I think, a definitely right, a default function of learner, for example, mm-hmm. right, learner and input falling into the strategic thinking theme. Their their default might just could be just to muse around and around and around, right, especially given so many strategic thinking themes I have constantly processing, right. That strategic, I think, really is what puts it into practice, Um, maybe coupled with adaptability to say, I don't learn for the purpose of learning. I learn for the purpose of growing. And one of my favorite quotes um, from the summit that I don't even have to look up because I remember, um, you stop growing when you choose to stop growing. And that was one of my breakout speakers. You can, and and that's totally growth mindset, right? Absolutely. You, You, I know that learning is a lifelong thing when I do our values chart when we talk through and do exercises on what are maybe key values things that you guide your life by learning always comes out on top right. learning and faith are the things for me and they go hand in hand um and so I will come up with kind of three practical things of where to go as a result of the learning um,
0: I think um for me I have 25 things at least but I need to be so much more intentional Hmm. so right now in this season of life I have more time than I've ever had sure. because um, I just wrote a blog piece on my personal blog about this season of momming and they don't need me of course they need me but they don't really need me and it's weird yeah because I got started momming at 21 years old mm-hmm. so this has been my life
1: yeah
0: for a, for basic adulthood So I'm learning how to be a different adult than I've ever been. And it gives me more time, but I'm having a hard time narrowing down what I want to do with my time. So instead of one book to focus on, I have six in a stack that I'm like, I'm Mm going to get to this this summer. That's not going to happen. I know that's not going to happen, and I have to take away from the stack. I know that um, all of the learning that I had from Summit I can only apply a couple of things in this season, in this time, mm-hmm. but I want to get to a lot of things. Yeah. But I also think that it's good in certain seasons to say, I want to be open and expansive in the way that I accept the messages that show up. Mm-hmm. So I kept a tally of how many times I heard the word fun. Now I understand that for most people, you know, fun, okay, fun. I have heard consistent messages recently that I'm not fun. And... Mm-hmm. So I've been listening for and noticing when do I feel like I'm having fun, what do I notice about it, when, Mm -hmm. and then I started listening for the word, yeah, and I kept a tally during Gallup Strength Summit, but then the really cool piece that I do want to share that you and I... um,
1: I think both want to discuss. Yes. Is this concept we on in on a breakout um, from a couple speakers, and again, I don't remember those off the top of my head, you might have them written down, but... Uh, a couple speakers that talked about speaking and facilitating workshops conversations and kind of large group activities around strengths and how your unique strengths make you a unique facilitator and i really really liked that um really liked the principle of it and kind of they talked about this idea that each and every one of us is going to pull um, influencing into a speaking area, right? Which I think was really cool. When we talk about those four domains again, is kind of how it was structured. Um, I my highest influencing theme is number thirteen, so it is not. Very high, right? Which actually I found out that's about the average place that you find the first influencing theme in most people. It's the least common domain that shows up. One of the breakout speakers, um, Al um, Al Winsman, I think is Wiseman, um, he talked about your dominant domain was a breakout that I went to. And he said that's about where the first influencing theme falls for most people. Is what number? Uh, about 13, 14 really um, yep so it's the least common um it also has three of the least common strengths um overall right significance command um and self-assurance are like the three least common to show up um in somebody's top five so overall it's a least common domain um and it's definitely the least common in our staff when we look at that as well a mm-hmm. total of you know
0: um, 25 of those things and no up. one has more than two yeah no one has more than two
1: Interesting. Which also makes yep. sense Yep. based on that. Yep, for sure, for sure. So essentially this breakout speaker said everybody has to influence. That's like the mode of speaking and facilitating, right? You're trying to get people on board with your message, whether or not you have influencing themes. But you need to pull on kind of the the. In- the mode of all of the other, the other three domains in order to facilitate a great workshop, right? So connecting with the audience would be relationship building, mm-hmm. teaching the content would be strategic thinking, and applying concrete next steps would be executing. And so he kind of did this thing, it was awesome, where he said, you know, if you are connecting and teaching but not applying, right? you're giving surface level stuff, right? right? If you are teaching and applying but not connecting with your audience, there's never going to be anything that happens as a result of it. If you're connecting and applying, but you're not teaching the content, they're not walking away with anything. So essentially you need to be pulling from all four domains when you're facilitating. And I think it was interesting to think about, yes, as an individual facilitator, that's what you need to do, but if you're not strong in one area, how can you use great complementary partners to facilitate well? So I thought it was interesting, and I wanted to hear a little bit about how you describe, based on your domains, what your primary mode of facilitation is we all know what kind of both of us are but well and I think
0: you and I Mm -hmm. present well together
1: yep because because
0: yes and but also okay so outside the domains I don't have high self-assurance and frankly no one on our team does yeah now you have it higher than I do yep so I hear all the time from people oh you should take it again you should take it again because I bet your self-assurance is going to be higher now and I've Mm. always explained that I use my input, communication, strategic woo, and empathy at all times when I'm presenting. The input is I need to gather information about this group. So the session I sat in on that I really, really loved was he was talking about what kind of presenter are you based on your strengths. And he's talking about doing a a white paper on it. I mean, it's fascinating to me. So I'm going to gather information before I go. I have a yeah. group of high school students later today. I am gathering information about this group before I go, so that's my input. Yeah. My um, communication is the storytelling that I bring in. Mm-hmm. So I decided this morning when I was out for a run that I'm completely changing the PowerPoint presentation because I know I need a better closing statement.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: always bad at the close. My closing when I write is bad, my closing when I present is not as strong. So. I know I need to do better in my closing. So Mm -hmm. I'm closing with the picture of seventh grade me, and I'll tell you a little bit later on why. Cool. Then my strategic is thinking about who's my complementary partner. Mm -hmm. So I need to know that Professor Tess can, just like she did on that podcast, do the one to the exponential quadrillion, whatever you've numbered. What did you say? What is it?
1: It's like um, quint quin trillion. Oh, no. it, um, it's a qu- uh, a quintillion. So it's not like a billion, a trillion. It's essentially like the twelfth extension of a billion, a trillion, a quadrillion, a quintillion, a centillion, uh, um, an octillion, a nonillion, a decillion. It's a, and then it's like two more.
0: You lost me at million. So <laughs> what I thought of when I heard that on the podcast.
1: Yep.
0: Is that I need that. Yep. Because I can't do it. So when we had Jess visiting from South Dakota, who's our, yep. our new regional coordinator for that area, and we were talking at dinner. Yep. You immediately you tell a story in such a meaningful way with data. And then I come in with the empathy, the heart pull. Yep. I mean I've got the and then this mentor mentee, this happened and I can mm-hmm. I mean and I get misty. Not, yeah. not fake. It's happening yep. here and here it's, in my heart. It's,
1: you're connecting with the audience and you're yes. influencing, right? Based on that.
0: But essentially I feel like you're teaching.
1: Yeah. I'm te- And that, I think it was why I love this framework of yes. kind of the four domains overlay, even if it isn't like, and I think it's interesting because I feel like I teach and apply really well and you connect and influence really well, but I don't have really a lot of executing themes very high. Um, my first one is uh, 12. Uh, and but I think it's the teaching, it's the strategic, mm-hmm. and the learner that lets me apply really well, kind right. of like I was talking about with, with those application steps even from the conference. And so I love this because even though the, the, the breakout speaker said essentially you need all four of these to facilitate really well, well, you don't actually really, right? Right. Yes, individually, but if you have a great complimentary partner right. that can fill the needs of a couple of those buckets, and right. that's why I do love presenting with you because you do connect to the audience really well, and you were able to influence really well with just who you are as a demeanor, right? Your social superpowers to be able to help people connect really well to the content. I can come in with all the teaching I want to. I taught a couple of new staff members on Civic the other day, and one of them fell asleep, so it's like, you know, <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> those things where I'm just like you know I can teach all you want but sometimes I don't connect very well and that's just the reality of it and so so I think this is
0: a really and we'll have to share this um, with our our listeners but I think it's such a great way to think about again with the domains this doesn't necessarily mean that you're not that I'm not teaching and I'm not applying because for me woo Mm -hmm. which is influencing that's my teaching style
1: Oh yeah. Because my
0: woo is is very driven by the audience. It's paired oh, yeah. with empathy. So my woo is not I want you to like me. My woo is if you walk away not carrying some of this with yeah. you, I'm pained.
1: And I think your individualization and in your top 10 also definitely plays into that. Right. Too is your catering your woo and your communication based on the perceptions of the audience as well. What you infer that they need from your individualization and then what you're seeing, their reaction is from your woo. So it's like a twofold pathway that you're kind of using to then cater what you're teaching.
0: And then I think just understanding the balance. So Mm -hmm. the presenter that I listened to, he talked about, and he was so good, and I immediately went and followed him on Twitter, but do you think I can think of his name? Um, (laughs) One of them, John, I commented on his... Um, post on um, the called to coach page okay. um, that I just added kind of a things I've learned from John section to the notebook, but also now things that he's sharing on yeah. the Facebook page, which I think was really good. Um, but this particular presenter, he said, he talked about the three major fault lines. So here are the fault lines of presenters and you will love this because it's initially what we talked about. Number one, everyone thinks the way we do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's no doubt in my mind, and this is, he used input as an example, and mm-hmm. I was just like personally uh, offended ouch. immediately. Ouch. People with high input just share all kinds of information, and you'll lose people that way. Mm-hmm. So if you assume that everyone else thinks with your Pinterest brain, Allison Horn, that is not true. <laughs> yep. Who doesn't love questions? Who does not love questions? Who in this world would possibly not love a sentence that ends with a question mark? Turns out lots of people. Lots of people so do, So <laughs> that's your fault line. Number two, everyone has the same talent that we do. Mm. And what yep. we see in them that we don't have. So it's that assumption, like, the, a great way that he said it is she's got her gifts and I've got mine. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a balance. So think about strengths envy. Yep. Number three, when someone says something to us, they're talking about us. Our words can be misinterpreted. So when someone says something to us, we immediately get on the defense that they're talking about us. Hmm. I thought that was really good. And these are universal truths, or there are, uni- there are universal truths and then there are you truths. Truth. yep. And I, I think I posted that on my Instagram story. Hey, little side note, I did not realize that you're not supposed to share the same thing on Snap stories on Instagram.
1: I don't know, I don't do Snapchat.
0: So it's a apparently a generational faux pas that I am committing every time that I do my sunshine coffee mug yeah. on both Insta stories. And Snapchat stories
1: and Facebook stories—that's another red flag. Oh man, you've crossed the line if you I'm not doing, join I mean, all of your social media accounts and post the same thing on all of them. They're all different people. I know, I know, I know. It's it's okay, Allie. So I know, joking. Lauren. I'm sorry. Lauren
0: got on my case bad. Okay, sorry. <laughs> his last name—it's Gary Rifkin. Gary Rifkin. Okay. It's talent-focused presenting. So his his quandary was okay. Test based on your top five. Mm-hmm. How are how what do are you present? So thinking about mm-hmm. just even back to strength-based parenting or the great work that Kurt Lisevall did in the way that we you know a theme blend what that mm-hmm. looks like. So what is your presentation style mm-hmm. based on your top five, and how does that lead you to wonderful success as a presenter, but also Where are your fault lines? Yep. Yes. Oh,
1: that's really so good. So
0: I can't believe that people wouldn't love for me to mention forty-five books <laughs> in the dialogue that I have with people. I'm like, oh, have you read Sir Ken Robinson's The Element? I, I name drop books right and left. And mm-hmm. until I listened to his presentation, I thought, well, surely people want to know about books to read.
1: Not everybody likes that, Nope. And I heard you oh, say gosh.
0: that in the podcast mm-hmm. with Hannah.
1: Yeah. Not
0: everybody, you know, loves a yeah. research paper.
1: And I think I, I've become more and more aware of it because of something like that. Like, I love to, you know... Print off a 100 page research paper and dig into it for some light reading at night, right? So, and, and I, everyone is not like that. And I've become more and more aware of that. And I think that it's really important because when you, it doesn't change what I do, right? You're probably going to still name drop 100 books, right? right? In a conversation. Get used to it. <laughs> Get used to it, right? But I think it, it helps almost guard our hearts to say, I am not offended when you don't read those 100 books. When you don't also love research, right? Because I know that you are different than me. And if you take away one thing from our conversation, awesome, right? But if you don't ever read any one of the books I suggested, it's okay as well. Right. Because I know that you are very different than me. One of my friends came on the trip explicitly. I don't like to read. I'm not going to bring a book on a vacation, right? Like, And so I have to be aware of that. I had to curate for my three-day trip only three books to bring, right? So... We are very different and when we're aware of that, I think it helps guard our hearts from the offense of other people, right? I'm not mad at someone then if they don't want to hear all I'm learning about a research paper as much as I want to share about it. Right, I I am less offended because I realize that's not what excites them. Right, I hope and I hope all of us right have people that still want to love and honor and listen to what we're excited about purely because they're in relationship with us. Right, right. Or they're friends with us. Um, you know, that's what awesome spouses are for. Right, they listen to to or awesome friends are for. They listen to what you're excited about, even if it doesn't make them excited. Right, um, but there's also times where they might be under stress. They might be. Um, frustrated or annoyed or or they might have their own things that they want to share about um, that then you need to reciprocate and listen to them Mm -hmm. right real life happens and that means that not everybody is going to love what you love or get excited about what you get excited about and that's okay
0: so that brings me to one of my favorite quotes that I say often Mm -hmm. here but self-awareness is underrated oh yeah it's very powerful strengths is a very powerful tool Mm -hmm. Um, but knowing yourself knowing how you lead how you communicate how you, what lights you, is so helpful. Not just in living your best life, but in making sure that you understand others. And that no one is going to be exactly like you. Mm -hmm. Um, That the way that we see and view the world is so very unique. Um, And I think every time we come away from Strength Summit, we have some pieces Mm -hmm. of uniqueness that we want to share and we want to spread that. Because who wants to go to a conference and not do anything with it? Yep. You and I, yep. for sure. But there might be some people who mm-hmm. go to a conference just for the social aspect and they love being in it. But they mm-hmm. may not have three things that they're going to to intentionally learn and practice yeah. and do. Or they mm-hmm. might ha- not have 25 things that they want to share. They may just want to be in it. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. um, I think that's such a great thing for us to think about as we go into our season of conference. How can we honor all of the different strengths that are going to show up at that event? Um, I'm really excited that you and I are are taking on the project of recommends. Oh,
1: yes. I'm so stoked. And we
0: learned that from Ainsworth from that wonderful, you know, little hotel where they had staff recommendations for coffee and Mm -hmm. dinner. And I'm excited about that. I think that honors both of our individualization, but it also honors um, the people who are attending, that they... um, they can feel a little bit of that um, creating a a culture of
1: invitation before they even arrive. Definitely. Cool. So some takeaways. We would love to hear first a little bit, what's your favorite feature on Amazon? What's your favorite button on Amazon? And <laughs> why? how do you think that plays into your strength? So um, if you didn't listen to the Beyond the Impact pod, um, I talked about how the, the reviews and the comparisons are kind of my favorite features, customer reviews, learning real-life experiences after someone bought the product, and then also the comparison feature that if you look up something. Like I think I was looking up espresso machines um, is what my example yes. was. About the one that I was looking at, and then it compares like five ones next to it on some like specs um, that might be interesting to know. So, and then Hannah gave the example of the click now, click one click buy, one click buy it, one click buy it is like her favorite button, totally her activator. Mine's totally my context and learner. Um, and so, what's your favorite feature on Amazon, Allie You should share what your favorite feature on Amazon is. I don't know. You don't know? Okay. I Think have to look. It. Next step. I just next like step. being on it. Sorry. Next step. <laughs> I <just> like looking. <laughs> Tune in for the next episode. But we'd love to hear you if you contemplate that. What's your favorite feature of Amazon? What's something you always look at when you go to Amazon and you purchase something? Secondly, we'd love to hear a little bit about what kind of facilitator or presenter are you? I'm sure everybody speaks in front of people at some point, right? Um, And so what kind of facilitator presenter are you? Um, How do your strengths play into that um, in a positive way, but also how do your strengths maybe limit you or what are your fault lines when it comes to your presenting as we heard from that speaker? And then I have a third, third question that I remembered that was probably my favorite question from the whole summit that I just would love to hear people's responses, right? We know that our strengths function individually, um, but our top five are kind of our self, right? Our top 10 are dominant themes, but really, we can describe a lot of who we are in our top five. And I think we honestly, we sometimes limit it to explaining our top five in terms of here's how I explain my context, here's how I explain my adaptability, right? I want to know holistically, what story does your top five tell about who you are? That was my favorite question that was presented um, in terms of asking people about their strengths. What kind of story does your top five tell others about who you are? If you were to break down the top five words, um, not use strengths words, the theme words themselves, but what kind of story overall as a whole does your top five tell about who you are?
0: Okay, and then my question, would you mm-hmm. rather be in the position mm. of it's your job to plan someone's vacation yep. or be the vacationer? Be
1: the vacationer. So yep, that's the good.
0: name of the organization, that you, the company?
1: Pack Up and Go.
0: Would you rather be the facilitator for Pack Up and Go, the on-call kind of person for Pack Up and Go, mm-hmm. the planner, or would you rather be Tess pr- being in the Pack Up and Go? Mm-hmm. I am completely fascinated to hear how people respond okay. to that because so I think many it's many so much questions. around
1: surprise. Oh, it totally is. And definitely our, our strengths play into that. Oh man, so much good content. So many good questions. Thanks for sticking with us till the end of the episode. We, we love musing and talking through these things and both of us are definitely, um, uh, verbal processors <laughs> um so i feel like a lot of this podcast is us verbal verbally processing <laughs> what we've been learning without um, a script or a plan without a script or a plan well thanks everybody for tuning into episode 43 of jen and millie Um, As always, hey, we're new around here. We're gaining traction. So subscribe, give us feedback. Let us know how we can improve the content we're sharing with you. Um, Share this with a friend and ask them some of the questions that we posed in today's episode. We'd love to hear from you. That's one of our favorite things. As much as we love recording and discussing this, one of our our favorite thing, I think my favorite thing of the whole podcasting process is the emails and responses that we get as a result of people listening to our episode. Um, So feel free. You don't have to be um, necessarily a part of of teammates we'd love that Um, but anyone who's listening we'd love to hear what's going on all your friends i'd love to hear from katie and aaron and (laughs) all of your friends (laughs) give me intel into ali's um uh, travel style but interact with us we'd love to hear from you shoot us an email um, if you're around the teammates world or feel free to follow us on instagram at jen and millie that's at g-e-n-n A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E, and interact with us there. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much, and until next time.